Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the final word. And good evening. I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Jenna, I have some terrible news. I'm told that Juju Smith-Schuster may start next season on IR because he injured his hands elbows and knees crawling back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> From our partner, DKFitzerSchwartz.com, Dan Kovacevic. I have some worse news. At Mark Madden's request, we'll be talking Pirates at some point tonight. And from the Trib, Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. I know we do have some viewers in West Virginia, and I just want them to notice that my tie is orange and blue, oh, but that's no. um, that's a total coincidence. <laughs> I, only one I could find. Only one you could find tonight. Complete coincidence. <laughs> well, some of the topics we'll be talking about tonight. Five words on how Steelers free agency is going. What's the best way for the Penguins to address their second, third, and fourth line with the absence of Evgeny Malkin and Teddy Bluger? Is the best course of action in free agency or in the draft when it comes to a running back for the Steelers? And did the NCAA handle the VCU COVID situation? The right way. But first, the night's big topic. Earlier this week, Juju Smith-Schuster signing a one-year $8 million contract to stay in Pittsburgh. Is the Juju Smith-Schuster signing more beneficial for the Steelers or for Juju? Mark, I know you have a lot you want to say regarding this one. Well, time will tell if it benefits the Steelers. I don't see the wisdom of retaining a slot receiver when five regulars are leaving from that great defensive unit they had. But it benefits Juju more by far because it was the best offer he got. I don't believe for one second he got a better offer and turned it down for his love of Pittsburgh. If he loved Pittsburgh so much, he could have worked out a deal to stay weeks, even months ago. I think all that was fabricated before the fact to get leverage against the Steelers and after the fact to save face. Free agency is about getting the best offer, and this was the only offer Juju got. He abjectly failed at free agency, and all his shenanigans, his social media, his look at me, attention junkie behavior, it hurt him, no doubt. Look at Galladay, the money he got for the New York Giants. Juju had better stats, more productive over the course of their parallel careers. Juju failed at free agency. Dan, who does it benefit more, Juju or the Steelers? Well, I, I don't care if it benefits Juju. I'm looking at this from the Steelers' standpoint. And, you know, to Mark's point earlier about losing some defensive guys, that to me is what really stings out of this. In my mind, when I look at the chronology of this, the Steelers prioritized keeping Juju. They were going to wait. They were going to wait to see what happened when he went out on the open market. And in the process, they were going to kind of sit and let other guys just leave. And I don't understand anything about their free agency to date, but especially that. You had a chance to keep together an elite defense. I don't think that's a stretch using that adjective there. That was an elite group for two years, and now you've lost 
four starters and another guy off of there, and you're rebuilding now even your secondary. It's just nonsensical. Tim, your thoughts? Sorry, Jenna, i got to make this a clean sweep. Of course it benefits Juju more because it was the best deal that he could find, to Mark's point. And then to follow up on what Dayon said, I'll be just a little bit more specific. Dayon was talking about the defense at large. I'll talk specifically about the cornerbacks, and I get it. It looks dollar for dollar, but it wasn't really dollar for dollar, Nelson for Juju. But there is some sort of cause and effect there, or else they would have done this in advance. Or, or why not put voidable deals on the back of a restructured deal for Nelson then, right? So... Uh, I look at the cornerbacks specifically. They've had two years of really good cornerback play. Better cornerback play than we've seen in a long time. And I know that uh, we got a little spoiled by it last year and it didn't look quite as good this year. So we started to hate on Hayden and Nelson a little bit. But you know what? Four good corners like they had, down to two now. And it's been a while since the Steelers have had cornerback depth. I hope you remembered what it looked like going all the way back to December because you're not going to see it again for a while. And the notion that Juju staying is like free cap money and didn't cause anybody else to leave, that's a bunch of nonsense. With a salary cap, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Well, a reminder, you can keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on how free agency is going for the Steelers. From Twitter, Vic Harrison 8 says, same old, same old, unfortunately. Mike Clark with the standard is the standard. And on Facebook, Craig Hatch says they really could do better. Mark, your five words. How's it going for the Steelers? Well, this will come off as a bit repetitive after the discussion so far, but my five words are losing five regulars on defense. Was it really more important to keep your slot receiver than to keep even one more component from that great defense with the Steelers? Dupree was always going to leave. There was no avoiding that. But what if you could have kept Mike Hilton instead of Juju? Alu mm -hmm. Alu instead of Juju? You should have. Dan? The draft couldn't be bigger. And you hate to go into a draft anytime, any sport needing to address certain positions and that's where the Steelers have left themselves uh, I have no doubt that they're going to have to look at uh, X number of spots now that they have to fill instead of just getting the best player and it didn't need to be that way that's not all on Juju and the Juju signing but that's part of it Tim your five words Steelers free agency huh did it even start yet I mean I know they lost a bunch of guys but who they go out and get the next Tyler Matakevich, the next guy to be Zach Banner, now that Zach Banner is a starter. Uh, when you talk about Steelers free agency, meaning perhaps them going out and getting guys, they can't, and I don't know that they will. And Dayon's exactly right. How many guys do you think they're going to be able to draft this year? They can <laughs> redraft the whole team? <laughs> Well, don't go anywhere. We have a whole lot more to talk about from Penn's Hockey to March Madness. Still to come, what's the best way for the Penguins to address the second, third, and fourth line with the absence of Evgeny Malkin and Teddy Bluger? Jason Bassani on Twitter says it's a reminder to keep expectations in check and in particular how important being healthy will be for this team just to get into and have a fighting chance to advance in the playoffs. That's all it should mean. Stick with us. The conversation continues next.
welcome back to the final word. Our next topic of the night, the Penguins dealing with a rash of injuries. What's the best way for them to address the second, third, and fourth line with the absence of guys like Malkin and Teddy Bluger? Tim, we'll start with you on this one. What's the best line, way to handle it? <laughs> Fake COVID illness. I don't know. Get yourself put on the sidelines for four games like the Bruins or whatever. I mean, you just got to get guys healthy. There's really no other way around this. Uh, I think what you do is you load up Crosby with whichever two wings are playing the best, and then you know, let them play as normal, and then everybody else has to button it up and uh, be really responsible defensively. That's the best possible way to handle this. It stinks for whichever wing on the right side we're talking about between Kapanen and Russ, but what are you going to do until everybody else gets healthy? Back to Facebook now. John Patricek says, see what their depth players can offer in the short term and hope Malkin and Bluger can get back into the lineup soon. Dan, your thoughts? Well, hope's not a plan, as they say. And you need points now. You can't afford to be taking three points from three games against the Devils under any circumstance. Uh, to me, it's time for Ron Hextall and or Brian Burke to wake up at least a little bit. That's not to suggest that they make big-time Jim Rutherford-esque moves. I don't think that's practical, and I don't think they're going to do any such thing. But that doesn't stop you from going to the waiver wire and finding somebody, anybody, better than Mark Jankowski. Actually, just go to a local rink and find somebody, anybody, better than Mark Jankowski or Colton Sevier or some of the other guys that they've got there. The answers are not in the minors. They're not in the taxi squad. But you can and you must give Sidney Crosby in particular some real help. Sid tried to win all three of these games by himself, and I think other people took that literally. Mark, what's the plan for the Pens here? Uh, don't make a trade and do the best you can with what you got. I see some of the dopes on Twitter saying, why don't you trade Marcus Pedersen for Eric Stahl? First off, Eric Stahl is 36, and if he were still any good, he wouldn't be on Buffalo in the first place. You, you got to just make do because... The team's window's closed. What are you looking to salvage by making some kind of trade to bring in a rental third-line center? What, what are you going to solve a first-round playoff loss, one and done again? That would be no better than missing the playoffs. So just do the best you can with what you got, although I do like Dejan's suggestion of scouring the waiver wire because there are five guys in the lineup that mm -hmm. just aren't going to score and, and half of them barely belong in the National Hockey League. In fact, they don't. They, they're probably on that waiver wire. If they aren't, they should be. Well, back to the Steelers we go. Lots of questions ahead about the running back position headed into next season. It's a need that needs to be addressed. Dayan, we'll start with you. Is the best course of action here in free agency or the draft? Oh, to me, it's unquestionably in the draft. And I'm not saying that just because there's Najee Harris and Travis Etienne who are available to you. If you decide to invest your first rounder in that, and one of them is probably going to be there for you at 24. You could also look at doing that in the second round. Look, running back is a position of almost instant deterioration. You know, the moment you're in the National Football League, you're counting down the snaps until you're out of the league. Uh, that, to me, is it, you're putting a little bit too much risk into a free agency situation. Besides, what are we talking about, like Tim said, with free agents here? They're, they don't have any cap space. There's nothing left. Well, to Twitter, Cindy Ivansko says, Draft one, running back are short-term members of teams because of the wear and tear on their bodies. A young man out of college has lower miles and would probably be more hungry for success. Tim? 
Yeah, I thought if they were going to do something in free agency with running backs, it would have been the guy that Houston got, Philip Lindsay from Denver, and I would have thought that maybe the Steelers could have gotten him at a lesser price. I don't know why Houston did what it did to get him along with two other guys that they have, but that was the kind of player that they could get in free agency, a guy who in a pinch can be a number one but could also help you out as a number two if you draft a good number one. But I think especially with their decision, such as it was, uh, to sign Banner and keep him and apparently go in with the game plan of having Chooks on one side and Banner on the other a tackle. Draft the first round running back now. There's really good depth to tackle. Mm -hmm. Get a second round tackle and maybe bring him along a little bit more slowly so you don't have to start him right away. And if uh, Chooks or Banner should give way or get injured, then maybe you go to that second round guy along the offensive line. Mark, is the draft the way to go? This is a tough one because that offensive line as currently assembled stinks. It absolutely stinks. It might be one of the worst groups in the National Football League. But if Ben lines up and Benny Snell's in the backfield, Ben is just not going to hand him the ball. He just isn't. He's going to lead the league in passing attempts again. Every run pass option is going to be a pass. So if Najee Harris or Travis Etienne are available, you got to take him just so Ben will trust the guy that he gives the ball to as opposed to Benny Snell or whoever the guy he won't give the ball to. Well, yesterday, the NCAA declared the VCU-Oregon game no contest after the Rams had multiple positive COVID tests. Now, Oregon automatically advanced to the second round. Did the NCAA handle this situation the right way? And I guess more importantly, how should similar cases be handled the rest of the tournament? Mark, we'll start with you. I don't see what the other option was other than to forfeit the game. Uh, you can't wait because the rest of the tournament is being played. What happens to the team that's waiting to play the winner of that game? The only time I could see making an exception is if you get to the final game and a team has a COVID problem, then you delay it for a couple days, a week, however long. Up till then, if a team can't play, if it's got COVID issues, it's a forfeit. Well, the viewers agree at sports. PS4 Gamer says it's the world we live in should be done the same way unless final four and or finals. Dan? Yeah, I would extend it to the final four. Uh, Mark said the, the, the actual championship game. I, I think you could include the whole final four. There's something you could do over the course of that weekend to try to make it work. But at the same time, hey, we've been talking about this for a year now. It's part of the game. Staying clear of the virus is part of the game it's not always going to be fair it's put teams into situations like the denver broncos going out taking the field for an nfl game with no quarterback uh that's just going to be life right now if you didn't you know if you got unlucky you got unlucky but if you didn't do your part there you go tim yeah, I don't know what else that could have been done with that situation if they had multiple positives and they have regulations in place. You can't skip them. It's awfully easy, though, to bury one game in the first round of the first weekend in a 7-10 situation. Boy, it's going to feel a lot different if one of the teams we saw play today or see play tomorrow, Sweet 16, Elite 8, have to do the same thing. And I think these guys are right in talking about what they were doing. Maybe it's wise to bake in an extra day or two between the Final Four and the Final, move up the semifinals to say, I don't know, Friday, have the Final on a Monday, or put an extra day in there somehow so that you can kind of wait through the testing process. Yeah, your heart goes out to these players, and hopefully that this is the only case that we see as the tournament moves forward. Well, when we come back, around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. This is the final word. It's time now for 
Tim, start us off. This is for all the juju bots on Twitter. Look, if your favorite player came back to Pittsburgh and you're happy, I'm happy for you. It's going to give me another year of material. But don't make this into something that it isn't. This wasn't Juju coming back to Pittsburgh because he loves Pittsburgh so much and he just wanted to stay. This isn't Juju being a business genius and taking an $8 million deal now because there's going to be a better cap situation next year. He took the best offer available, period. And Kenny Galladay got money and Curtis Samuel got money and he didn't get a multi-year deal. Just don't morph the facts, please. Dan, your final word? You know, the Pirates are actually having a pretty good spring, and that goes beyond their 500 record. They've pitched and hit at above uh, the major league average over all 30 teams. But I'm here to tell you, this stuff won't mean anything if Mitch Keller doesn't get it turned around. And yes, it's only been a handful of innings, but he's gotten rocked for 12 runs. He's supposed to be the guy who leads the rotation. He's easily the guy in the rotation with the most talent. That matters not only for 2021, but beyond that. And so far, what we've seen from him has looked a little bit too much like we've, what we've seen from him in the majors over the first two seasons that he's been around. And that's, that's scary stuff for someone who was a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. Mark, your final word. The Steelers used to be sacred. They used to do things different and better. Not just a team of six Super Bowl championships, but a team of great players and beyond that, great men. Men like Troy Polamalu, Mel Blunt, Rocky Blyer. Juju Smith-Schuster celebrated his new contract by going on TikTok and gyrating in his underwear, including a scene where he was sitting on a toilet bowl with the lid down, gyrating. We have lost the era when the Steelers were classy. We have lost the era when the Steelers were special. We are now firmly in the era of dance clown dance. And tonight, my final word. There's a lot of issues with the NCAA, but what happened this week with the absolute disparity between the men's and women's basketball tournaments from the weight rooms to the swag bags is completely inexcusable. The NCAA will highlight women when it fits their narrative, but when it comes to the biggest stage of these athletes' lives, they provide six sets of dumbbells, yoga mats, and one stationary bike for 64 teams and then they have the audacity to tweet a picture of the new weight room after being scrutinized on every single level with the caption let's go do better NCAA do better thanks so much for joining us have a great night